It's San Diego Design Week, and welcome to this very special podcast, five-part mini-series called Designing the Fan Experience. I am one half of the Zero Chance podcast, Rick Romero. And my name is Jordan Stark of the brand design studio, Product Etc. Joining us will be marketing executives from San Diego's top professional teams, the Padres, Legion, Loyal, Seals, and the Sockers. And if you're listening to this episode, we have four other episodes out there available wherever you can find your favorite podcasts. In this episode, we speak with Wayne Partello and Katie Jackson of the San Diego Padres. Where we discuss the tall task of accounting for the fan experience across the whole spectrum of media outlets, game day experience, and even how the values of the front office eventually translated to the return of brown and gold after seven years of collecting insights. We are being joined by Wayne Partello, the Senior VP and Chief Marketing Officer, and Katie Jackson, VP of Marketing of the San Diego Padres. Thank you for joining us, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, stoked for this episode because Jordan and I here, we're, you know, we, we go ba- way back with you guys and the whole Bring Back the Brown way movement, back. which we will dive in deep on this one. <laughs> way back, way back. It's, this is actually i think this is our seventh season for both of us which is pretty crazy to think about wow that's yeah, crazy no yeah, that's, that's amazing that's pretty that's quite a while in uh in professional sports yeah yeah some said it wouldn't couldn't happen <laughs> <laughs> so for the people out there listening padres have a long history in san diego but for those who aren't too familiar familiar with sports, uh, can you tell me a little bit about the San Diego Padres? Obviously, we don't need to dive super deep in there, like the PCL days or anything like that. But just a little little brief intro. Yeah, I think you know we've uh, fifty plus years as a major league baseball team in the National League. Um, you know, a franchise that uh, has gone through a lot of changes. Um, it obviously means a lot to this community. This is a community, it's a baseball rich community, um, but it's a franchise that, you know, from ownership changes to uniform changes to personnel on the field changes to strategy changes, right? I mean, I, I've known both of you guys for a long time. We were just, you know, like seven years, but like when I first got here, Rick was one of the first people I met and we talked about, you know, stability and, you know, the, the changes that have taken place. So I think, um, you know, there's been some amazing uh, baseball players that have played for the San Diego Padres. Um, and there's been some amazing baseball played here. Um, but it's, you know, we're without a World Series championship. That's part of uh, who we are as a franchise right now. And we're on a mission to to put that to an end. And so I think that, you know, when you talk about uh, all of those things, right, trying to change the, the, the instability, trying to change all of those things, I feel like we have as a franchise. And now it's time to put it together and uh, bring that first world championship here to San Diego. Why don't you tell the people a little bit about your respective roles with the team? Yeah, so um, I've been with the team for six years, um, six incredible years, um, overseeing quite a bit as it relates to um, the marketing of um, all the baseball things that we do, um, primarily on the ticket sales side of things, but also um, we support um, the 365-day venue, which is Petco Park. So anything that happens within our walls, um, whether that be the game of baseball that's played or a concert or any other event that we have um, that we're putting on, um, really trying to build awareness and drive ticket sales for those um, particular events. We do a lot on the promotion side. Um, this may be the only year that a giveaway has not been handed out at the the gates of Petco Park, but um, all the all fan giveaway promotions. Um, you know, I think the the greatest thing um, from my shoes is seeing people walking all over the streets of San Diego and even you know around the world wearing our hoodies and our hats and our giveaway items. Um, we have incredible fans who are super loyal to us. So we have a couple loyalty programs: one for adults, one for kids. Um, that I have the pleasure of um, running and and being a part of um, growing that fan base and kind of rewarding people for their uh, their fandom. 
Um, and brand. I mean, brand has been, um, you know, a big part. I'm sure Wayne will touch on this too, but something that um, was kind of the inconsistency when we got here um, to San Diego and um, something that, you know, we're super proud of where we were six or seven years ago to where we are today. And a lot of that has to do with um, consistency of using the right logo. So the um, the brand police, as I am so dubbed inside the building and, and outside as well, I'm very well known for this uh, accolade of being able to spot the wrong logo. And we've had a lot of logos. I'm sure we will um, have a robust conversation around the number of logos, even in the six years that I've been here. Um, but making sure that our brand is consistent, our messaging is consistent, both internally and externally is a, a huge part of that. And um, that all kind of came to fruition with um, our uniforms and the the new brown and gold that um, gets to, to you know, be viewed mostly on TV right now, but um, that our, our team is wearing. Yeah. And Fantastic. so um, I get the pleasure of working with Katie and, and an amazing team uh, across our entire marketing group. Um, so Katie's in the marketing, you know, uh, world. And then we also have uh, inside of our group, we also have PR. Uh, so that's, you know, media relations as well. So dealing uh, with anything external there. Um, we've got our content team. So social media, the website and, and how we tell our own story. Uh, we have the broadcast team. So uh, radio, TV, all of those uh, relationships and the broadcasters and then uh, our in-game entertainment. Uh, so everything when you come to Petco Park, the, the sights, the sounds, you know, all wow. the all the fun uh, that rolls in, uh, in in with our group. And then uh, we also have production. So actually the elements that are produced in the design team uh, that all sits uh, there as well. I'm trying to think that is so I've got. That's all of them. So uh, I have four direct reports. Uh, we work together very closely. Uh, most of us have been together for a long time. And uh, for uh, I think we have one person who wasn't here for that first year. But other than that, it's uh, it's been an, it's so much fun. And to Katie's point, brand is at the center of everything. And it starts at the top, right? For us to do what we need to do, uh, our ownership group, uh, the support from them to actually make brand something that was going to be important to the San Diego Padres and you know to a lot of folks and I love talking to Rick about this all the time and Jordan I know you know this but like Katie and I get giddy where a lot of people will look at the uniforms and say now you have a brand but we've we our favorite thing is to say we've been working on this since day one to get ready to show you the sort of the bow on top of the brand but the brand is how we behave the brand is how we operate as an organization is going to define Absolutely. how people perceive us and so uh, it's been really important uh, it was really important to our, our owners that um, this this was a franchise that this community could be proud of and that that the uniform project is a great example of you know ownership not saying we're going to do what I want we're, they actually said we're going to do what our fans want because at the core of who we are is somebody an organization where we want this community proud of what's on the field and how we represent them you know we've we'll, we'll get it dive in deeper a little bit later but there has been so much inconsistency like since the Padres started, like the amount of uniforms, the amount of logos. So I feel like this is kind of the first year where, you know, the, it's like the fans are on the same page as the team too. You know, you used to go to games and you would see, you know, the 90s jersey in the crowd or the current jersey or it would be all over the place. This is the first year in quite a while where it seems like literally everybody is on the same page. And that's that's amazing. Yeah, except for you, you have the wrong hat on, but uh, <laughs> it's fine. But you are correct. The majority of people are on the same page. <laughs> I know Katie was just judging me like the oh, second the, the camera like you. popped on. Huh? <laughs> so I like, had to go a little page. retro as well on my, my outfit here. <laughs> That's part of your brand, Rick. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Obviously, times are very different for everybody out there. How has the design of the fan experience needed to pivot since the pandemic? I was actually, it was funny. I was talking to our producer of the game experience last night, and we've always said that our job is to is is to entertain. The, the the fans at the game that's what we're there to do we're there to create an experience that is that is special that makes you want to come back for more win or lose obviously winning is great but i don't have our team we can't control that every night what we can control 
is the experience that you have and how much fun we can bring to the baseball experience. So we've re- that's been a mantra of ours since day one. And uh, that was different, right? I and mean, we had folks that have been with the organization for a long time. And, you know, there were different, there were different things that they needed to achieve, right? What is the, what do the players want to hear? What does this person want to hear? And it was ownership. When we got here, it was from day one, we want you to create a best in class fan experience. We want our fans to enjoy this experience. And so, um, this year it was completely different. Our fans are going to be watching from home. Um, and so it was really important to us that we had an opportunity to shift our attention to entertaining the, the guys on the field and making sure that everything we were doing was about bringing the energy that they need to feel, you know, that, that, that to get their adrenaline going. And then at the same time, making sure that experience that comes through your radio or your TV that that, that, that energy is there. And then making sure on the social side that we are driving that excitement and all the video and all the, the stuff that we used to do on the board, that we were bringing as much of that to, uh, to your hand, to your, you know, to your phones so that you were getting a different experience, but we had to change our approach. And, uh, you know, I think, look, a winning team helps that, right. It definitely helps drive, but I think our team's done a really nice job of, of, of adjusting to the new, the new world and trying to do our best to, um, I will say this, that, you know, we were in the business of generating excitement for a long time and it is a true pleasure to just be amplifying genuine excitement, right? There is genuine excitement around this team. And so from a marketing standpoint and, you know, Katie can talk about this. You know, she mentioned it, like we've got to sell tickets. Right. And so that's like in Katie's world, like how do we help our sales team generate revenue? Um, but then on the content and the broadcast side, like how do you bring energy and excitement to this? And this is real, this is genuine and it's, it's pretty special. Yeah. I mean, the thinking about the fan experience, um, while it flips, um, the model a bit, um, we're not bringing people in. It's how do you allow them to stay connected to this team in a, in a time where they're just so hungry to get into the ballpark to experience it. But how do you take that and and bring that into their homes and and find that connection between the two? And, you know, we've uh, always wanted our fans to have kind of this secondary experience, um, playing along in various games. We've, we have games in our ballpark app um, that allow fans to um, you know, pick players to earn points and play bingo and things that allow them to not just watch the game, whether they're at Petco Park or on their couch watching it on Fox Sports San Diego, but to have this additional experience where they still feel connected. I mean, our season ticket members are always top of mind for us because, um, you know, they're our most loyal fans and, and they're super special to us. And they're, they've been with us for more than 50 years in some cases. So um, things that, um, you know, we probably would never have thought of doing like fan cutouts, for example. Um, we are only offering ours to season ticket members very different um, than some of the other teams who are filling their stands with thousands and thousands of cutouts. We really want to make sure that our members um, always have this exclusive opportunity to do something that a regular, you know, a, a fan who comes to a couple games maybe doesn't have access to because they are our most loyal fans. So many of them now sit behind home plate where they may have been in a, a very different seat um, in the in the past um, and probably in the future. But um, giving them that connection where, you know, I see all over my feed because Friar Faithful is such a well um, used hashtag now um, as we kind of connected that with the uniforms and is very much carried through into 2020. But, you know, my feed is now um, season ticket members and people pointing out the themselves behind home plate. And um, we're doing some surprise and delights. Um, there's a lot of foul balls that have no home right now, but to go to someone's home, to go to make a surprise, um, you know, drop in the mail to a season ticket member with a handwritten note, just to say, you know, we thank you, we miss you, and here's something from the game. Tatis hit this ball. And I mean, we have people out there categorizing where the ball hit and who hit it and what part of the game, just so there's a little bit of normalcy that we can bring to people's homes. But um, whether it's, you know, the gamification of it or providing exclusive access to watch batting practice for a season ticket member through, you know, our loyalty platform um, or the surprise and delight, um, those are all things that, you know, we, we would probably be doing some element of that if we had fans in the ballpark but um now it's um thinking very differently about how they you know feel a part of everything 
Yeah, and just to add to that, I think one of the things that <clears throat> prepares you for a year like this uh, is you know, is different pivots through, through your time together as a, as a, as a team. Um, one of the biggest things you can do is admit a mistake and admit when you're wrong. Right. And so at one of my favorite moments in, in our time is last year, we went through the first homestand and a lot of the features and a lot of the things that we had done in the fan experience for years prior that have been really successful were falling flat. They just, they weren't engaging. We were, you know, we don't just run it. We run it and then get in the stands and sort of, if it's supposed to make you laugh, did it, you know, if it's supposed to bring energy, did it right. And if it's supposed to tug at the heartstrings, did it. And things that we have been doing for years that were really engaging and fun and people really enjoying them, they weren't working. And we had to have that honest talk with ourselves and say, Oh my God, we have to start over. And all the stuff we have in the can is is not good enough, and we have to go do something good. And and it was very basic. The expectations from our fans had changed. You know, Manny Machado was now our third baseman. Fernando Tatis was now our shortstop. Like we were turning the page as a franchise. And so on the on the fan experience side, we had to do some different things. And um, you know, somebody said it best to me. It was um, there are rock stars out there now you need to treat them as such and have some fun with this. And, you know, and, and that's why at the uniform unveil, there was pyro behind them because <laughs> that was a great line, you know, and it was like, it's a different experience now. Like the expectation around this team is different than what, than what you've uh, had to do in the past. Mm -hmm. And that was a big moment for us to take a step back and, and realize that we had to readjust. Did so what, you have that, that realization last year? Last what's season? that? Was that realization last year, last season? Yeah, so that was after the first homestand last season. Um, we ran some features that um, had been working. And, and, you know, they were different, but, like, in the same scope. And you just kind of the, – the they weren't laughing or they weren't yeah, – you know, they, it was sort of – we were all looking at it going, oh, wow, that's not the <laughs> yeah. same energy that we were expecting it to bring. And I think that's the – I think that's the thing that, honestly, like, I'm most proud of with our team is, like – be okay with that. And it's, it, you know, our plan yeah. wrong to pivot. Let's get, it, this isn't about us. This is about our fans. And so if the fans, if their expectations are something different now, let's, let's go readjust and let's bring them what's going to bring them that happiness and bring them that joy that this is why they want to come back for another game. And let's bring the energy that this team will respond to and vice versa. Yeah. Said like a great designer, you got to pivot. You got to just kind of look at it. Like it's not about us. It's about them. Like, what do we need to do? But it all starts with the team. I mean, you can't pivot and be successful in doing that or even um, to the quick extent that we typically pivot. Um, you have to have the right people in place and you have to have that endurance to you of being able to quickly move on your feet, make changes and not be satisfied with really anything, always wanting to be better and to find the thing that works and not being satisfied with, well, we spent all this time at spring training, capturing all this footage and they spent, you know, countless hours editing this together. This is what we have for, you know, 2019. That's, that's what, that's our package. No, right. go back to the drawing board and you have the team that is, really a step ahead. Like we knew it, but they were already thinking like, I don't know if this works anymore. We've got superstars on the field. How do we elevate them in a really different way? And, you know, it's like we were talking about six years of being together and really building up that, um, you know, the, the connection that we have with them, the expectations that have been set. And we always want to be better than, you know, yesterday, the year before, whatever it may be. Um, and, you know, everybody has that same desire. We're all going in the same direction, but bringing different elements of the creativity to the table to to put forth, you know, what makes our fans um, and in some, you know, respects makes our players um, really excited and, and energized to, to play. And, you know, that that change last year is even more important now looking at 2020. I mean, if we hadn't done that, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know that the players were going to be the only ones entertained by our game entertainment yeah. experience and that, you know, all the music videos and all of the features that we're still running today, we're still doing a full game entertainment experience for about a hundred people, right? The, wow. the players on both sides and the coaches, and they're the only ones enjoying it, but shows that it really matters to them what we're producing and and what this team has you know been able to create to bring that kind of home field advantage to these guys. That's amazing. We're gonna we're definitely gonna be talking a, a little bit more about that. Um, 
So given how things have changed, do you, are you guys anticipating any long-term changes as a result of the pandemic? I think, I think we, t- we take a look at every day, right? Uh, my, telling the story of 2019, when we built our plans and we loaded the trucks to head to spring training, I don't think any of us had money that Manny Machado was going to be a San Diego Padre by the time we hit production, right? We had produced everything. We extended by a day because Manny had arrived. So like you think about, you know, I think one of the things, and by the way, my favorite part of that was we had done that a year earlier with Eric Hosmer and we had to literally get a truck from San Diego to load all the equipment over and get it to us for Hosmer's press conference that we did in 2018. So this year we loaded the truck in advance and said, there's rumors that we're in the hunt for this guy. I mean, it, it, they're saying it's a long shot, but we should at least be prepared so we don't have to load a second truck and just bring the stuff that we used last year. And then the day before we're all about to leave, you know, Peoria, it's like, oh my God, we just signed Manny Machado. This is incredible. And and then it was like, all right, we know how to run that press yeah. conference. Let's go. So um, I think to answer your question, Jordan, um, I think we're prepared for anything. I think if you're not taking any experience and using it as a learning opportunity, I think one of the things that, you know, when you, when you sit in these seats and do these jobs, um, it's very easy to look at the micro and expect every micro moment to be perfect. Um, but if you're looking at it from the macro, you can take those, the, 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 the swings and misses that you may have along the way and use them as learning experiences to a, never make that mistake again, but B, um, grow from it as a team and make sure everybody's learning that lesson. And then you're just that much better. And that's, that goes back to the stability, right? The stability of, of what we're trying to do. And we've always, we've always looked at data and research and talking to our fans and our players. And I think it's impossible to say that 2021, you know, will look exactly the same as 2019 or any other year. It, it's certainly going to be different for everybody. What carries over or what new ideas um, come to, to light and, and how, you know, the fan experience will be at any venue and what those venues will look like. And I mean, it, it's very early to tell, but um, I think if, if there isn't an evolution of that experience, um, then I think, you know, there, we've missed something about 2020 and about um, everything that we've learned. I mean, if we're just talking Padres specifically, um, every move that we've made has been about research, has been about looking at data. We don't run an advertising campaign without using historical data to help us inform what future campaigns look like. Um, our brand evolution was built on the foundation of research, and there were many, many you know iterations of that. But um, we're always looking at um, you know the information that's in front of us to help you know come up with new and different ideas and to evolve the, the fan experience over and over again. So you guys have talked a little bit about this and this is kind of uh, there's so many hooks and and things that especially in your guys's organization that uh, touches the fan. Um, What role does art and design play in baseball and the Padres? So, you know, colors, kits, sights, sounds. You guys have spoke a lot about this, but maybe kind of like a, a broad kind of general, you know, outlook on that how did how does art and design play a role in baseball in the padres yeah so where you started at the top was with an organization like ours and so i'll start there it starts at the top right so um it starts with um ownership understanding that there's going to be a path and there's going to be a journey to where you're going um you know we did that work in 2013 2014 just defining and we talked about it back then but it was really hard to explain that we had we were building on this brand and we were going to set this destination for the brand and it was it was a lot about um things that you know, from a design standpoint, make a lot of sense, right? But from a fan standpoint, it just feels soft and marketing and like, you know, this, this, they're trying to sell me something. Right. And so, but, but it was a guiding principle of where we needed to go as an organization. And, 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 and that was really important. Um, so I think the design starts at the top and then, um, once you have the buy-in, um, from ownership, then you're able to go. Right. And so you look at our ballpark, I mean, 2014, right. If you walked around Petco park, there wasn't even a huge, you could, you didn't see our history coming through. You know, we talk about all the time teams that don't have a history or teams that don't tell you about their history, 
right? Mm-hmm. We have an incredible history to talk about. There's an, like awesome memories that have been made with the Padres in San Diego. But if you don't celebrate them, then they easily get forgotten, right? Building a Hall of Fame, having the murals of, of, our, of our legendary players so that when you walk by that wall, I know when Rick walks by and his kid gets a little older, like that's Tony Gwynn right there. Like, they, you know, we had stat, we had Tony's statue, but there wasn't that, that art that came through, right? And switching it out on an annual, you know, some of those pieces, you know, Katie and her team switch out annually so that the look and the feel, it starts out, you know, in the East Village as you come through, you know, and, and the gas lamp, as you see the street signs, all are consistent, the look and feel all the way through. And then we've now worked with our partners at Fox so that it carries through whether you're, if you're, or with Entercom with 97.3 The Fan, if you're listening, the elements sound the same. If you're watching, we do, you know, we do one shoot together. We used to do a separate shoot than Fox. Wow. Now we've combined our efforts and made this like one mega shoot. And that's why when that's you're at the awesome. ballpark and you're looking at Fox, it's because we're doing a bigger shoot, but we're doing it all together for consistency's sake. And so um, it matters, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just think, um, having that guiding principle about where you're going, right, is the sort of the architectural design. And then when you make your way all the way down, the tactical sort of bringing art and 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 the beauty of of design to the experience, I think it, it all rolls up to that to that strategy. And it's part of being recognizable. I mean, we the foundation of who are we as a brand in 2013, 2014 was so important. And at the time we were Navy blue and that's where our brand was at that particular time. But it was still important for us to have distinctive elements for, you know, that year that we kind of encase our players in a look and feel, whether that be video production or, um, you know, a large format or kind of flat art, um, but in large and small format. And of course, you know, everything is, you know, what does it look like diddly? What does it like look like embroidered? Look, what does it look like in all these different formats? And then how do you iterate on that for a couple of years? So starting with, you know, this is a look that we have. How do we continue that look where it has some sort of directional nature where over the next couple of years we are building upon it. So each year doesn't feel like a separate campaign, if you will, or a separate look that there is something um, that is very distinctive about that. Um, you know, 2016 was a really interesting one because we had the all-star game and that look and feel really came from collaboration with major league baseball around the all-star look. I mean, our uniforms were different, the art that we had around, um, you know, San Diego was very different, but what's always important is bringing in those elements that are Padres, that are San Diego, that um, come out of, you know, working with our players and things that, um, you know, allow us to go in the direction that we want for our brand. And and even more important is when we were transitioning into what we have today, which is our brown and gold and, you know, making sure that the, the look and feel was distinctive and that mm-hmm. it had this um, ability to be very different than what it looked like before, but be very consistent across all the various elements that we had. And I mean, we were obsessive <laughs> to some extent about making sure that every part of it was so perfect. And the design, you know, you have to have the direction and where you're going, but those design elements, we have an incredibly talented team um, who really helped mold that. And, um, you know, there are many, many, the cutting room floor is very, um, very high with things that we didn't move forward with, but it was trying to figure out what was the right mix and the right feel to make our players really shine. Um, you know, we've always put, you know, the players that we had front and center, but now we have this really vast amount of players who we get to highlight every single day who are incredibly exciting personality. And we wanted to bring their personalities, you know, forth. And, you know, this isn't about playing serious baseball. This is fun baseball. This is Padres 2020. And we wanted them to look like they're having a good time. So in the video elements, in even the, you know, the billboards that you see, I mean, they're they're laughing, they're smiling, they're having fun. You can still be very serious about trying to win a championship and have fun while you're doing that. And we really wanted that to just jump, you know, especially off of something that's flat. You want that to just jump off the page or jump out of your screen if you're looking at it on your phone, if it's not a video element. You know, and I think 
working with Fox, we've been able to combine this really fun way of showcasing our players. I mean, their their promos for, you know, tune in, which is really what we're talking a lot about is watching these games. I mean, these guys are giving us incredible content every single day. And we've got this great base around it of, you know, them having a lot of fun in a video shoot, um, whether that be, um, you know, in the tent or otherwise, and then the amazing plays that happen. So it just, it brings it all to life. But, um, you know, I think, many, many years of, you know, preparing for what now is um, this incredible color palette that we have being just super obsessive about getting it right. And, um, you know, you only have one shot at this. And it was really important for the fans, for San Diego, for the for the Padres, for the team that, you know, we we get it right. And, you know, that when people turn on the TV, that was kind of the one thing is people wanted to you know, feel like when they turn on the TV that they know who that team is, that it's the Padres, that it's mm-hmm. they're brown and they're gold and they have pinstripes and they're not every other blue and red team that's out there. And, you know, probably more important in 2020 than any other year that they're turning on the TV because everybody's turning on the TV. But that was yeah. you know, the one thing that rang true in every single focus group that we did, that we want to turn the TV on and we want to be distinctive. Yeah. And I mean, we're the only team in baseball not wearing gray as a road uniform. And so again, to our fans, it was, it was that was the most important thing was we want to be able to know who we are and, you know, the fun, I think it's so important to embrace that. I mean, it's a part of our DNA. It's a part of San Diego. A lot of people will say, Oh, the San Diego, San Diego fans aren't passionate. They don't care. I mean, you guys are, you know, case studies and that's not true right and like we know that but we have a different way of going about things here right we're gonna have a little bit more fun along the way we are gonna poke fun at you we are gonna do it our way so (laughs) it was important to us that this organization take that on right i mean you think about these guys coming up you look at the journey of the stories and the storytelling, you know, you talk about design the design of storytelling around players making their journey from the minors to the bigs Right. And so you look at like a program like Padres on deck to just make sure everybody understood the journey that a player like Fernando Tatis Jr. or Chris Paddock or any of these guys have been on and the content team and our production team going out and doing all that all the way to transition into graduating to this year where you do the spotlights and you actually go home with those guys and you get ready for a big league season by celebrating them and showing showing our fans a little bit more about them. It's all part of the experience. Um, I, I do have to say too that you could tell that you guys put a lot of work into the whole design and the feel of the team this year. Because, like in past years, like I said, there's been many different uniforms, many different logos, and like every year we would be expecting a a, a change. They'd be announcing a change, but then it's just like, oh, we slightly tweak this. It's like. This one's gray, but this one's a little bit darker gray. And you're like, no, no, I don't want that. I, I need something different. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like when you release these uniforms and the whole look of the team and everything, like it looks like, okay, this is something that's going to be here a long time and we could definitely get behind this. And that is the Padre. So I just have to say you guys did an amazing job in everything. Yeah, It no feels offense. tight. It yeah. feels tight. Yes. It feels tight. It feels, and as a designer, I know to get to that point, often it feels simple, but w- really well considered. And I know to get to that point, it takes a lot of time, a lot of time to get to that natural, effortless, mm-hmm. just smooth, consistent. I think, uh, I think to answer that, to give you that, like, and so we can sit here and be like, oh, we're, you know, the marketing it was because of research, right? To honestly, and we've said this to our our peers all over the league uh, and throughout sports, is that for it to feel as right as it feels, it has to not be about anybody but the fans. To get the response that it has gotten, it's because it wasn't about anybody else. It was about our fans. It was about this community. And, you know, the San Diego Padres are about San Diego. And so it should be about them. And and kudos to our owners for giving us um, the, A, the resources to do it right, because it wasn't cheap to do all the research that we did, uh, but B, the, the, 
the, the, the, the, you know, the opportunity to make sure it was exactly what everybody wanted. And, and it's really nice when you unveil it. I said it that night of the unveil. Uh, I know that people listening to this can't see it, but the picture behind me is that right. And the reason why I chose that picture for today is because of all the moments in the entire process, the, the pride in that moment, because a, our guys look fantastic and they look like rock stars on a big, huge stage in front of a lot of people out to celebrate a brand. And that's pretty amazing. And and so for this is the picture I send everybody when they tell me that San Diego Padres fans don't care. Because I said on a, ni a Saturday night in November, you show me another ballpark that could look like that for a uniform unveil. And it, you just can't. And so um, that's the answer that I give to that question all the time, that this fan base cares and they, they care with an incredible amount of just, they just want to win and they just go about it a little bit differently than, than some other markets. And that's okay. So do we. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what have you guys seen? Uh, I know you've seen uh, the fans very receptive. Um, how have the players kind of, been receptive to the new marketing efforts that you guys are doing with the brown and gold and um i see that they're you know they're 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 taking the yellow they're pushing the yellow that you know gold. there's the gold sorry the gold they're pushing the gold they're pushing the gold i i actually prefer gold too um they're pushing that and they're they're having fun it seems like they're having fun with the highlight color and stuff like that you know, how have they been receptive to the the new uh, rebrand? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've, I think they've really enjoyed it. I think they, uh, you know, they, they each have their own favorites, which is, which is nice, right? There's a good variety, but yeah. it's, it's all part of the same family. Um, just like everything that we do, we, we always solicit feedback, right? From the fans, but on the uniforms, we, t we were very honest that this was about the fans and it was about this. We also wanted it to be something that they had pride in when they put on. Um, and so, you know, it, we had, we had some pretty fun exchanges through the process. Our, uh, our third baseman is quite, uh, a comedian at times. And, uh, he, he had some good jokes with me along the way, uh, as we were showing him things and pretending not to like things just to get me going. And, uh, but, uh, we, we were very happy at the end and at the unveil. Um, you know, I, I honestly, I don't think they realized how many people were going to be there because we snuck them out we were up in the western metal building looking out and they're like wait that's the stage we're like yeah and they're like how many people are going to be here we're like yeah a few. you'll see and then we bring them out and they kind of peek from behind the curtain they were like oh wow oh this is <laughs> really fun so i think it's great when, when we can surprise them too right that like this is fun and, and there's an energy around this city and this team um and i think that helps too and um, you know, I just, that, that night was really special and I think it, you know, really solidified that we were on the right track in the way we we're going to look. So what are some ways that the marketing here in San Diego is different compared to other major league baseball cities? You know, we, I said it about uniforms, but, um, you know, I'll say it, we do this in every aspect of our business is we're very data driven. Um, we, we don't do things just because they work really well in other markets. We do things because we know that they work well in San Diego. Um, you know, the, uh, one of the best examples that I have for you is bobbleheads. Every single market says, Bobbleheads work. Bobbleheads, you know, drive fans into ballparks. And they sell tickets. I can tell you that from extensive research, they just don't necessarily work in San Diego like they do in other markets. Um, and we've we've tried, and you know, I, I think we're going to get it right with um, you know maybe a shortstop in the in the future, and it will probably be a very popular um, bobblehead. But you know, I think our approach to how we're driving fans into the ballpark. I mean, the promotional side is just one example, but it's a really, um, it's a really specific one that we actually, you know, have data to back it up. And, you know, our fans love wearables, um, hats and jerseys and hoodies and all these different things. And, you know, they, they drive fans into the ballpark. And that's what we want to do is we want to bring people who, you know, may not otherwise come in, may, maybe they, you know, want to come in with their families and they see that they can get, you know, one of five different sizes 
shoes that they can wear and their kids can wear and, and actually like feel really confident sporting all around, you know, the, the city or wherever they live. So, um, you know, our approach is, um, it, you know, it's data driven. It's very consistent. Um, we talk about design a lot. Um, you know, it has to look good. It has to be appealing. Um, and consistency is the key to all of that. And, you know, we've, um, you know, we've, we've really prided ourselves in um, not just doing what everybody else um, does or everybody else says works for them because we're all 30 very distinct markets. Some have, you know, more than one team in those markets, but we're all very different. Um, every sport is different. And if you don't look at what, you know, your fans um, have a desire for or what works in your particular market or is representative of your community, then you've, you've missed something along the way. And so um, we listen to our fans. Um, we do a ton of research in this market. We look at all the, you know, the data that we have in front of us. We connect with our fans in ways that they want to connect with us, um, the best ways to reach them. And we build partnerships based on those things. And, um, you know, that's always been our approach is, you know, we may do it differently on the uniform side and on the marketing side and on the brand side, but that's okay. We're San Diego. And um, I think, you know, we're unapologetically San Diego. To, to add to that, um, Rick, you and I have talked bobblehead since probably the first time we <laughs> met. And I remember yeah. you did a blog post on the breakdown of bobbleheads and the revenue we were leaving on the table because of it. And then I <laughs> sat down with it, an actual analyst who broke down the numbers in, in real life. And so like the <laughs> because it all depends on what the what the reason for the giveaway is, right? Yeah. So one of the things that you know we started over a lot because there is a segment of our fan base that does want bobbleheads. And you know, when we brought out theme games a few years ago, uh, it was an opportunity to come out with a specific mm -hmm. item for a specific group and drive that. But one of the things we loved about that was it started to introduce a lot of new fans to San Diego Padres baseball. So you may have come in for that specific item, right? It's Star Wars night. My kid loves Star Wars. We're going. You mm -hmm. come in. Our job at that point is to give you an incredible experience, win or lose, right? That you go, you know what? We're going to we're going to go back. That was amazing. And you might come for another night, right? That's yep. the yep. whole thing for us is is to get that trial. The Saturday night giveaways, the all fans is really driving that 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 family to to Petco Park to engage and the funny I'll I'll share a funny story. Um I got a, an email um a few years ago when we didn't offer all sizes uh and uh a fan wrote me an email and said I saw you on TV and you're just like me, you're fat. And I think it's messed up that you don't have shirts that would fit either one of us when you give them away. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a very valid point and an, uh, an interesting observation. Um, and so, you know, we started talking about it and we put it through the brand and you started thinking about things. And one of the things that we are is we need to be family friendly. You know, we are San Diego. We need to be family friendly. And then you looked at it, you go, wait a minute. It's not very family friendly to give out XLs only, you know, like yeah. not yeah. have kid sizes and operationally like kudos to our operations team. They are awesome. And it took some work. Don't get us wrong. Right. There were nights yeah. that it did not go smoothly, but the reason was right. Right. And the, and the outcome at the end of it, like I said, you're going to learn from your mistakes, but if you're doing it for the right reasons, it will it will get ironed out and, and it will eventually get to where it needs to be. And here we are, you know, and we're, we're, we're really proud of it. We go to conferences and people are like, you do multiple sizes? <laughs> like, yeah, in San Diego, it's really important to our fans that yeah. you know, we want people wearing these things. And exactly. We so, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. But to that fan, thank you. That's yeah, a terrific no, insight. Like I, when you guys started doing that, I thought that that was huge. And I – as an outsider, I could kind of see how much extra work that is, you know, of ordering different sizes because I'm, I'm a shorter guy. So like when I would get those shirts and stuff and there'd be an XL, they'd be like down to my knees. I'd be like, what am I supposed to do with this? I'd just mm -hmm. throw it, throw it as a rag basically. And the whole point of the wearables is wearing it and, you know, promoting the team and walking around to the store in it. And I never did that obviously. So like when you guys started doing that, I was just like, huh, I was like, that's really cool. Uh, and that might be why I'm such a huge bobblehead fan too. Cause I, I, I couldn't fit in anything. I, yeah. <laughs> 
The other thing is that they're really high quality and we're really proud of that. And yeah. part of it is, you know, we don't want to order something that people aren't going to like, or they're not going to be able to wear. And they're, they're high quality enough that like you can wash them and you can wear them many, many times. And I mean, we yeah. see things that we gave away many, you know, four years ago that are still coming into the ballpark because they are high quality. And so if you're going to give something away that you want people to wear, you've got to give sizes that, you know, match the age range and size range. And, um, you know, we're super proud of that. And, and mm -hmm. like Wayne said, we could not do it without an incredible operations team who I think profusely awesome. after every game because <laughs> um, it's a, it's no joke how much effort goes into getting that right. But um, it is definitely the right thing to do. And on that end, the amount of resources, and again, it's just budget set aside to actually have the manpower to, t to take that on. And their, their team does an amazing job and, you know, going to ownership and saying, we need more because this is the right thing. And it was like, oh, that's absolutely the right thing. We got to figure it out. It's probably not going to be right the first try. And it wasn't. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, those moments are never pleasant, but, um, you know, you're doing it and you're on the right path. And it's just like, we just got to figure it out. And we, we've got a lot of people at the table to get there. And we did. So that's amazing. I mean, you guys are really uh, driving home the idea that brand, um, I think a lot of designers specifically, they think of brand and they think of visuals, they think of, you know, the logo, the uniform, the color, whatever. But the brand extends far beyond what they look like. It's how people interact not only externally as a fan or customer, but also internally, how the team, the, the staff, how they get along, how they interpret the values, how they apply the values, um, so that every touch point is consistent and that people have a certain type of experience mm -hmm. and that a certain type of feeling comes to mind when they think of that brand. And yeah. you guys are really driving that. Yeah, I think brand is one of those words, right? Like when we got here and we would use that word in 2014, it was like people would just laugh. Like, how dare you use like that term with your team? Like, are you kidding me? But for us, we knew we needed to put it there and be open and on it. Like, this is what we're trying to build. And uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a buzzword, right? But brand is brand is story, right? And it's your story. And if everybody isn't living towards that story and telling that same story and working together to drive home on uh, that message. I think you lose, you lose something, right? You, yeah. every opportunity, every touch point is an opportunity to tell your story. And so you need to capitalize on that and make sure the consistency is there, whether they're turning on Fox sports, San Diego, and they're seeing it, or they're looking at the video board or they're walking through the gas lamp or they're on social media, right? There's a, million touch points every day how do you consistently deliver um that same story and and it, it you know i think our whole team has done a really nice job of doing that and um it's just been a lot of fun to to, to bring it to life and to one more point on there it is it's very easy in a lot of businesses to think it's the logo right the uniform right the design but with a when you do with a sports team those, those touch points go so much further beyond just seeing a logo on social media, right? Or seeing a logo yeah. on a website. Those touch points go so much deeper and you have to be consistently there uh, top to bottom. But yeah, for, for us, me. that brand is the balance between telling the story and how you make somebody feel. Because in a lot of cases, that feeling that you get around the Padres is what is memorable. You know, and, and that's what really stays with you. And that's what creates fandom for your entire life. And that gets handed down to, you know, kids and to, you know, anybody that you touch friends who were never, um, you know, introduced to the Padres become fans because you have that passion and you feel a certain way and it makes them feel a certain way. And so it's it's trying to strike that between telling the, the right brand story and, and making people feel the right way about the brand. And that for goes... Sure. Honestly, that goes back to 2014, right? The first step we took in, in laying the foundation of that feeling was the audio of Petco Park, the soundtrack of Padres baseball. And in those moments, sure, we go back and do things a little different, no doubt, but the outcome is right, right? Part of our brand was to pay, you know, to all, we wanted to be a traditional, have respect for traditional baseball, but with a brand new flair on it, right? And kind of a new look. And so when you think and you listen to Alex Miniak as a public address announcer, it has that historical baseball base, 
but he's got the flair on the top end to really bring you to 2020, right? And it's like, that was really important to find that right sound that was going to be, again, that feeling, right? When you walk into that ballpark now and you hear that, ladies and gentlemen, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm at Petco Park. I am at America's number one ballpark. I am in San Diego. This is incredible. This is going to be an amazing day. And so it all started, I, as a former, you know, Rick and I radio, uh, you know, people who have survived the radio business and as a former DJ, uh, which, you know, I don't have my headphones on, Rick does, um, <laughs> but the audio to me is, is that sense that stays with you, right? No matter where you go, because you can be watching it on TV. And if we're learning anything right now is that crowd noise and the sound effects in the background still carry through, right? When you hear that sound effect on a strikeout or the, the horn off of the aircraft carrier in San Diego Harbor on a home run, right? Those mm -hmm. are iconically San Diego. Those are Petco park. And that is all part of the hashtag brand, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's, in many cases, it's subconscious, you know, you don't That's even it. really notice it. Yeah. But it just feels, Oh, it feels right. It's consistency that, that brings it home. If it's right. Exactly. That's terrific. So the uniforms, the pageantry, the meticulously planned game day experience, the sights and sounds, how does it relate to the player experience as opposed to the fan experience? Yeah, I mean, I think we touched on that a little bit uh, in the past. Uh, obviously, it was important, right? There were some players. Um, like one thing I'll tell you is um, probably two years ago, our our ballpark, the audio system in our ballpark is designed for a really nice fan experience. Uh, it's digitally distributed sound. So we're able to dial in each sec each section pretty much to a specific setting so that we know, right? And so we're able to get it right throughout the ballpark um, versus some stadiums that have a cluster of speakers in center field. They blast the sound over the over the players and then the fans get the rest, right? Ours is the opposite. It's not designed for the field. And so players were coming in from other teams as we got big name veteran players here going, we can't hear it, turn it up. We can't hear it, turn it up. It was like, we can't turn it up because then we'd have to blast out the fans to get it to you. And then, so um, we started talking about those moments. So there are things that we've done. Um, one of them that we think is pretty neat is there's actually two speakers now hidden in the uh, backstop, uh, in the padding uh, on wow. each side, and it plays only the walk-up music. And so uh, just so that our guys, when they're on deck, that their music is loud as they walk to the plate because they we didn't want to blast the sound over everybody sitting behind home plate for them to hear it. So we installed specific speakers just to give them that uh, energy that was important. But That's you have it in a way that it didn't take away from the aesthetics. It didn't ruin the experience of the fans, but also gave those players what they were looking for. That's terrific. Do do you or do you see that? I mean, it's especially uh, this season that there's no fans. How has the energy changed? I mean, does the fans being excited uh, help excite the player? And and how has that? How have you guys seen any kind of changes with that? Any kind of metrics? Any anything like that? That that synergy? How that plays out? No, I mean, no doubt. I mean, there the the energy from the fans and the city, no doubt, plays into the energy. We've tried to recreate as best we can, right? Um, I think our team has done an incredible job of doing different things. Like, obviously, the piped-in crowd noise is one thing, but doing other things to raise energy levels, right? Like, we joked earlier about the whole DJ thing. But when you're a DJ, your job is to manipulate the energy of a room utilizing sound which is exactly what we're doing right now, right? Yeah. We are manipulating the energy of a space utilizing sounds. It could be music. It could be crowd noises. It could be whatever it is. Now we get to bring in the effects of video and lights and LED to also, right? It's the same concept, right? It's just like, how do I affect those 26 people utilizing the tools that I have at my disposal to bring, to raise the energy levels at a given moment, utilizing those. And so, yeah, it's important. It's, as I said, with, when we, when we started on this project, it was, we're now adding another level of things we have to worry about that naturally happened before. 
So we have to artificially create right. something that was just, it carried along with what we did, right? Think this is a fun one. Like when the crowd would cheer, our sound guy would naturally get louder with the sound effects. And we first started doing the crowd noise, they were same level. You couldn't hear the sound. You couldn't hear that sound effect anymore because he wasn't riding it with, the, it needed to kind of go together, right? They both had to go up. And it was really interesting as you were on the field that you still needed to hear that sounder because that's important. You needed to hear the public address announcer barreling over that so strong and then bring it all in together. But the crowd, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it really is a, a, you know, you're conducting a lot of things at once. And I think our team in the control room, uh, is really doing a really nice job of, of trying there, you know, to, to create something that you know, normally naturally happens. So you guys, I mean, you would say that, and, and, you know, it's, it, it's so abstract to say how all this stuff plays a role in like wins and losses, you know, like how does it affect the product on the field? Sure. Um, do you, do you have any, any insider perspective on that? Like, no, I mean, it would be, as I told you at the beginning, uh, just like in uniforms, it, it's not about us. Like this is not, you know, just like designing the uniforms isn't about Katie and I, you know, we were part of the team that did this and that was great. Um, but th this is about the guys on the field playing baseball. This is about their, you know, our job is to just help as much as we can, but this is about them and their talent and their skill and what they're doing. And it's fantastic. And we're enjoying it just as much as you are. Uh, we're just, it's a pleasure to get to watch these guys play baseball every day. Yeah. It's a, it's a, we're very lucky. <laughs> yeah. I would say that this fan base has, uh, has paid its dues and is ready. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, Rick has reminded me of that for many years that we are due, man. Yeah, we are due. So to, to cap it off, um, besides the entertainment value, what role and value do you think sport, sport clubs, institutions, organizations bring to communities and cities, you know, like you mentioned the presence in Gaslamp. Uh, I know that even regarding public transit, they're thinking about Padre games and p game day experience and people could, people coming to the stadium. What role do you think sports plays in communities and cities? I, I think our ownership group has done a really nice job of saying it. So I'll use their words is that this is a civic treasure. Um, this is, this is a community asset. This resides at the center of everything that is San Diego. The Petco park is, is the, the center of it all. And it's, it's not saying that the Padres are all this thing. It's something that when we did our research and we talked to folks, it was one of the, one of the you know, three to five things that when someone came to visit, they really wanted to show off. There's a sense of pride in this community that that's a, that was a publicly, that is a publicly funded um, building that, that they, you know, there's a sense of like, we built that and we're proud of it. And this ownership group has taken that insanely seriously to never let Petco Park feel any, any more than five years old. It's come with an incredible investment into capital improvements of Petco Park so that it is something that there can be pride around. We knew it was going to take a long time to turn the baseball team around, but it didn't mean you couldn't start doing all the other things right. And, 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 and they have. And so I know, it, you know, as the marketing guy and the PR guy, it's my job to say that, but they really have. And if you've been paying attention, you see it and you see the, the commitment to being best in class, the commitment to building something that this community can be proud of. Um, in terms of what does it mean to the community, you know, look at right now. I mean, this is a year where we're all, everybody's going through something. I don't care who you are. And I have to tell you, it gives me, I love making people smile. I it genuinely, it makes me happy and it makes me immensely happy. The amount of messages that I've gotten, not only from people born and raised here in San Diego, but people who have moved here and have adopted the Padres because they've had a really good time at Petco park to, you know, friends from all over the country that just love baseball and they love fun baseball who have said, you know what, it has been a brutal year, but man, I love watching that team play baseball. Uh, so I don't know. I, it would be egotistical to sit here and say, Oh, we mean, I don't know. That's up to every individual to say, but I can tell you that we take it to heart to understand that as a brand team, we're guiding, um, 
the the path for a civic treasure and don't take that lightly um and as an organization you know the things that we can do to give back to this community throughout our you know the day-to-day baseball throughout the entire year um are you know the support for everything that's going on uh in our country um i think it, i think our organization our ownership group all the way down takes immensely serious and and um, I, I'm, I'm very proud of that. I think, uh, you know, it's a really, um, it, it's an interesting place to sit. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it all made sense. Absolutely. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm not going there, but it's, you know, I, it's, it's a really weird time. No doubt. 2020 has been, yeah. um, one of those years that I don't think any of us will ever forget. Um, but I have to tell you just personally, you know, when six ten rolls around tonight, you know I'm going to be pretty excited to watch Padres baseball. And so, whatever that means to you as an individual, whatever that means to somebody who may not have been a fan a year ago, right? Like, you know, welcome aboard. You know, let's have let's enjoy it and let's have some fun with this team, and they're having fun with us. Yeah. So th- this actually brings up something that happened last week. Um, I was talking to a woman um, about. Uh, baseball and uh, actually about this podcast and she was so excited about this podcast and she was so excited that we were going to be talking to you guys and uh, she said she's a huge Padres fan and I was telling her a little bit about the premise of this podcast and she's like oh my gosh like yeah I mean she's all for example my she's on my family we don't agree on anything we don't agree on religion we don't agree on politics we don't agree on anything but when the padres are playing we all sit around and we all cheer and laugh and talk baseball and we can all come together and just enjoy that time together and i thought that was like amazing and i was really excited to share that story of hers with you guys that's awesome so if when you edit this podcast, that is actually the answer to your last question. <laughs> Honestly, you knew the answer. It it's something that brings everybody together, right? It, it, Petco Park in the Padres is that thing that no matter what it is, we can all come together around something that can be all of ours, that we can all celebrate those wins together. We can feel the hurts of those losses together. But when you have a walk-off. I know I don't want to timestamp this, but when you have a walk-off like last night and you watch Mateo make his way around those bases, I mean, I don't care where, what, who, your your heart was racing, you were excited, and you your fist you pumped that fist because that was an amazing moment. And in 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 this world right now, there are very few things um, that can that 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 we're seeing unite. And it's really neat to watch sports do that. And obviously with a team uh, that our baseball operations crew has put on the field to see it in, in, our, in our own community um, and to have a little tiny piece of it um, as, you know, the, the people that do the marketing, right? It's like, it's just to, just to hang on for the ride and watch this is uh, pretty special. Yeah, it's definitely a special season. I, I have to say I have, completely mastered the silence yell um because this season because my baby's sleeping around that time all the time (laughs) i'm just like (laughs) for those who are only listening to that the visual that accompanied that silent yell was special (laughs) maybe we can record that and put a gif of that out i know just that part right (laughs) there That was an amazing conversation. Uh, Thank you so much, Wayne and Katie, for joining us um, and filling us in on so much with the Padres. No, we appreciate it. Thanks for having us. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll say it because Katie's here, but the rest of our team is not. Um, I'm just very fortunate to work with some incredible people. I thought it was important to uh, have Katie here with me as uh, we we rode side by side on the uniform project. And, uh, you know, and she and her team do such an amazing job of creating that experience uh, and those touch points. Um, But just across the board from all the different people on our team and across our organization who are part of of creating that, I, I always feel weird being the like person have to come out and in, in, in when we talk about these things with, I would much rather 
have all their faces sitting behind me right now. And uh, so I, uh, you know, uh, just thanks for the opportunity. It's really cool to be a part of this, uh, you know, San Diego Design Week and and part of it with you guys. I know you're both uh, huge fans. Uh, we've talked for years about design and and yeah. and colors and bobbleheads and brown Jordan and. Uh, <laughs> I still have the file, the folder with all the signatures and yeah. uh, we, we, we've had, you know, a lot of fun, but hopefully um, through the years and, and all of the different ups and downs that this, you know, that we've had as uh, through our relationships that you guys hopefully have uh, seen the the outcome of the work and the work that our, that this team and Katie and her group and, and everybody have done. Um, we're incredibly proud of, of it. As you should be. As you should be, seriously. Uh, I mean, I mean, at Design Forward a couple years back, when you started talking about sound and, you know, the things you're doing in the outfield to not, you can't plan a certain experience or a certain play on the field, but being prepared for that experience on the field, that really, it brought a lot of insight. And I, 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 it was it was insightful for me as a fan to, to be like, wow, they're, they're, they're doing a lot of thinking and planning um, uh, regarding things I'm not even cognizant of. So I <laughs> one of my lines, so I'm going to use it. Cause you just gave me the, you just lay, you gave me the layup on this one, but like, <laughs> my favorite work that we do is the work that never gets used. Um, because then I know we were prepared for the moment. And I think that is, um, kind of what this is all about, right. Is, uh, designing for what could happen is a big part of what we get to do every day. Um, and, um, you know, we take a lot of, uh, we take a lot of pride in being prepared. Uh, and sometimes we get surprised too. Right. And that happens. Uh, and, and, and I think, uh, that comes with the territory. Uh, it, it's a di something different every day. And so we're, we have a good time with it. Thank you so much guys. because I feel like, you know, the Brady Phelps guy over here, um, <laughs> Hey, Katie, would you like to give uh, the uh, Padres social handles out? To the show? Oh. <laughs> Do you know the plug for all the compadres and all the ballpark app and all yeah. the that are Yeah, plug, all the plugs. Plug everything that you can. I mean, all that information is available on padres.com. Boom. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank, you. thank you <laughs> thank we you so much you guys having us. <laughs> if you like this episode we had the opportunity to chat with other marketing executives from your favorite san diego sports teams and you can find those episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts